If your dreams do not scare you, they are not big enough. How many times have I opened with that exact quote? Probably three. But it's a reminder. It's a reminder. It's a reminder to you. It's a reminder to me. It's a reminder to everybody. If your dreams are not big enough, they don't scare you. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you, you need to be scared in order to know that your dream is big enough for you to get out of your comfort zone and achieve it. Or your goal. Or your goal. Dreams and goals. Dreams, goals, dreams, goals. Yes, they are two opposite things. And I, I clearly know that. But, uh... Why don't you scare the shit out of yourself once in a while? You know? Why not? And I should. I mean, some of us, you know, we kind of get middle-aged. We, we get to the age I'm at, or, you know, you're in your, your, your family-rearing days, right? And you think to yourself, Boy, I sure as the fuck don't think for me anymore. I don't have a big dream. I don't have a big goal. I don't have a... A big, a big, some big achievement that I'm looking to do, you know. And trust me, there's some of us. We have an awful lot on our plate, don't we? You know, you're, you got your side gig going, you got your family gig going, you got your full-time job, you know, you're homesteading, you're trying to be a homesteader, you are looking for a new house, new land, new ideas, new entrepreneurial ideas, or just plain trying to get somewhere in life. But your dreams and goals and and the thought process behind that, the writing it down, all that goes to the wayside and you don't do it for yourself. So you know what? The Poultry Homestead assignment today is to scare the shit out of yourself with just audacious frickin' goals and dreams within the next 24 hours, okay? Think about that. I bet you're thinking of something right now that scares the shit out of you just because I said it, aren't you? You're thinking of something huge, something that you would just love no matter what it would be. Whether it be an amount of money or a something you conquered or completing a project. Trust me, the reward is in the journey, not at that end point. The reward is between now and that point. So scare the shit out of yourself, right? Welcome to the Poultry Homestead Podcast, everybody. I'm sure glad you're here and I'm glad you're feeling scared. I need to do that more. I really do. I, um... I've got I've got to raise my bar quite a bit lately. You know, I mean, I, I, I took a turn in life here a while back, and it made it uh, so I am spending more time with my family. Um, we we've had a we we haven't had a whole lot of action in life, just in in the day to day and what we're doing in in our life. But, uh, you know, um, let's just say I, I need to start aiming for the stars again, right? So, uh, yeah, I guess we could all use a little something, right? But, uh, you know, today, I, 
actually, I kind of wanted to talk to you guys um, about about some meat bird plan. You know what I mean? Uh, I already have a podcast called A Meat Bird Plan. I'm sure I was going down the road. I was probably delivering beer at the time. Uh, on my way to my two-hour drive to my first stop, which was awesome. Uh, but, uh, you know, what's your meat bird plan? Maybe it's over. Maybe it's done with. You know, you calculate how many chickens you want in a year, right? That's where we start with our plan. We calculate how many chickens we want for a year. And for some of you, that is a pretty tall order. And for some of you, it's not. So when what we did is we thought, well, we're going to have a chicken a week, right? So, you know, we're going to need 50. You know, that, that extra two or whatever, we can just kind of set that to the wayside. But to be honest with you, what we didn't calculate out is how much fun we were going to have hatching our own eggs from our egg layers. So then that threw us in for a loop and then we ended up with like 70 something because you know you gotta knock off some roosters too, right? So I got my buddy's plucker last year and and knocked off a bunch of birds and defeathered them with it and I've got whole chickens in the freezer to beat the band way more than I'll ever eat in a year. Sometimes we cook two a week. Uh, Sometimes we don't cook any in a week. And really what it all averages out to be and what the goal is at the end of the day is to have a chicken a week, right? That's not too much to ask. You know, you go on a camping trip, you make a beer can chicken. You, You grill out chicken, you make chicken in the oven, you boil a chicken, you crock pot a chicken, however you do it, you make your chicken, right? A chicken a week. You can, cut some, you can cut them apart and freeze them that way too, or you can just thaw them out and cut them apart before you cook them. You know, um, if you want a whole bunch of chicken breasts in one bag, you know, because you like chick, grilled chicken breasts to take to work for the whole week or whatever. You got to plan out how you want your chicken to look, what you want it to look like in your freezer and how you want it. Us, we just like whole chickens. It's easy. It's simple. We all like a different part of the chicken, so that's perfect. Uh, We all get our part. And I'll eat anything. So, I mean, the leftovers, um, we we do eat those, but uh, a lot of times, like when it gets toward the end, I take it, you know, to work or something. Um, the, The breed of chicken that you plan on making your meat bird is entirely up to you. You know, there's, there's so many broilers out there, dual-purpose breeds, and then your egg layers. Now, now you're sitting here thinking, what? Egg layers? That's shitty chicken. No, it's not. Okay, um, I'll kind of get into that later, but um, actually I'll get it into it right now. The, the, the egg layer breeds that we use for a chicken it's kind of a different deal what we did last year and we just kind of came up with this idea um we we hatched a bunch of chickens out i wasn't selling any i was just hatching a bunch out we were having fun with it and we had three hatches last year out of my incubator the highest one i think was uh in the 18 bird range out of 22 eggs okay 
because my incubator holds 22. So what we did is, is we got our 22 eggs in there, incubated them, hatched them out, boom. So three hatches, you know, we're averaging in the 15 range, you know, so you got 15, 30, 45, 45 birds, right? At least, if not more. So then we got 45 birds on the homestead of those, about half of which, which I think was in the 20 something range, um, about half of those are roosters, right? Those roosters were getting bad. And, you know, we hatched them earlier in the year, but by the time November came, they were pretty naughty birds, okay? And we just had too many. There was nothing but crowing around here. Our hens didn't have any feathers on their back. It was a bad deal, and we needed to clean house. So, I, I always take about that first week of November off for deer season, and... So what we did is we, I, I had my buddy's plucker. He let me use it for about a month because nobody really needed it. And uh, during that first week of deer season when I had time off, it was pretty warm outside, uh, you know, in like the 60 degree range or whatever. So I did, I remember doing uh, what I think was about 18 roosters in a day. The, a few of those roosters may have died or, or I may have knocked a few off and just made them out of fajitas one night. You know, there's, there's death all the time on the poultry homestead, don't judge. Um, but we, we did, we, we butchered those the way you always butcher them, you know, how you, how you put them in the killing cones, you knock them off, you scald them, you put them in the, in the, the, the feather plucker, you pluck some spit shine clean, and then you got them I was throwing them in a cooler on this day with ice um, and you clean them, you bag them, in the freezer they go. Takes a couple days, they're all froze. And that's how we did these. That's how we did this, this group. Um, and I'll be honest with you, that group was amazing. It was awesome. Um, my wife makes those roosters, we, I, I don't usually make those into like a beer can chicken. They're a little older than the broilers that you would normally, you know, they're in the 20 week uh, range, but they are amazing. And the way she makes that chicken is awesome. No, it does not look like a chicken you buy in the store. The chicken you buy in the store, you know, they try to make the breasts so big or the legs so big or whatever. These actually look like, I mean, they're bigger than hens, obviously, but it's an egg layer rooster. And, I went in there and caught them all and, and threw them in the stock tank and put a put a freaking lid on it and we I did my thing, you know, and then we, we got that done. And it takes a few hours to do that, you know. Um, it doesn't take forever, but I mean it took, I, I would say it was a solid three hours to get all these butchered. Um, and I'm pretty quick with a knife, but uh, it, there's other people that can do it much quicker than I do. Um, so that's how we did, that's how we got all those extra ones. Meanwhile, way earlier, like a month or two ahead of that, we ordered 50 Freedom Ranger chickens, okay? And these Freedom Ranger chickens were in the brooder right after our layers were. I mean, just a few weeks. 
So we got our 50 Freedom Rangers. They actually sent a couple extra, which is awesome. I love Freedom Ranger hatchery. I mean, I will, I will always, always promote Freedom Ranger hatchery. They're amazing. They have good layers and they have good meat birds. They're famous for their meat birds. But anyway, ordered 50 of those, reared them up. I think it was nine weeks, nine weeks. They, they were pretty small yet, but it was looking, the, the, the temperature trends here were, the highs during the day were right at freezing at that point. It was in November. And I know I do this later in the year, but when you do it that late in the year, here's what the advantage is. No flies. You're, you're, you're not, you don't get those smells. You don't, and your, your gut pile doesn't get all the flies. You know, when you put it in the compost and, and all the, the, the messy feathers and the sweating and all the uh, just uncomfortable atmosphere while butchering chickens in the hot, hot summer sun. You know, that's what we were trying to avoid. So I did it on a day when it was 33 degrees was the high. I started when it was 30, it worked its way up to 33 degrees, it was an overcast day. And some of the water was freezing as I would spray it, but as it kind of got up to that 33 degree point, it was melting, but I had no flies. I could keep those birds on that table as long as I wanted. It was a refrigerated environment. They were instantly cooling. And to me, that's just really healthy. You know, I mean, it, you don't have bacteria growing and all this other stuff. So to me, it was awesome. So I mean, you know, you guys can butcher whenever you feel like it, but to me and my wife, you know, we were talking, we really like butchering on a day when it's like 50 degrees or less and the sun's not cooking. You know, you just don't get bugs and all this stuff and bacterial growth and all that. You know, I mean, it really compounds when you get into the 70, 80, 90 degree range. You know, that can be a heck of a deal. You're gonna have to have some cooling agents around. But when I was doing it on that day, I didn't need anything. I just had you know, 50 degree water and 33 degree air. You know, it was already a refrigerator. So uh, yeah, they were really cooling nicely as I was butchering them. And then uh, by the time I got them in the house, washed off with cool water, everything in bag, uh, 50 birds, six hours. No, was it six hours? It was less than that. I think it was actually well, like four and a half or five, I think. But four and a half or five hours on a Saturday, just bada bing, bada boom, got them all done. Um, and by golly, they were in the freezer and we had the space for them. I mean, barely we had the space for them because I think we, I think I did those birds right before the cow. But I did not, um, I did not use the chest freezer at all. So that was a good thing. That was a good thing. But um, yeah, so I mean, you know, your meat bird plan, that can vary from person to person. A lot of times, you know, these hatcheries and everybody, they promote spring growth and summer butchering. Uh, to me, uh, we always try to get our birds, our meat birds in September. Uh, further south you are, maybe you wanna try with like October or even November. I don't know, depends where you live, but um, the temperature trends to me, it's pretty awesome butchering in November when it's cool outside. Um, that's one thing that's really, really helped us 
but uh, you need to do you. You don't need to do what I do. You know what I mean? I'm just reminding you that uh, I'm giving you ideas for a meat bird plan and trying to make sure that you get the chicken and the meat in your freezer that you want, if you can understand that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, and there's, there's also kind of like a co-op method where a bunch of families um, either raise their own and they all butcher them on the same day, or somebody raises them all, everybody puts money in the kitty for feed and this, that, and the other thing, and then they, they, they butcher them all in one day and then everybody gets what they want. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, there's many different ways of doing it as a community or by yourself. Me, personally, um, yeah, I really like it when, when the girls help, but I also like doing it by myself, too. I have no, pro no problem and no qualms with that. It's just, I can think about what I want to think about, and I can listen to what podcast I want to listen to, or music, or whatever. And, and it's kind of fun, just kind of puttering around by yourself. Uh, butchering some birds even though you may feel pressured the very first time you do it once you get used to it and once you uh, you know kind of get a little bit more nonchalant about it and used to it it's it's really not that much pressure at all and there's you can make it as efficient or as inefficient as you want to um, there's also another method where you don't have to use like a plucker or anything or scald them you can just skin the bird you know skinless you know, especially if you're going to be making it in a crackpot. Hell yeah, you can do that. You know, I mean, I, I do it to pheasants all the time when I shoot those. Um, because I only get one or two. I'm not going to pluck, you know, one or two. I'm just going to skin it and throw her in the crackpot and be done with her. So, anyway, thank you for tuning in today. And, then, uh, you know, don't, don't forget about those dreams. Don't forget about those dreams and uh, scare yourself a little bit. You know, um... That just reminds me that I need to really start thinking about stuff like that. Think about those bigger, high-end goals and scaring myself a little bit. Where as to where somebody else might not be scared of it, that doesn't mean anything. Everybody's got a different goal and everybody's at a different place in life. So give yourself permission to be scared of whatever you want and to dream whatever you like. Right? Right. We're all different. We're all made in the eyes of uh, God and, and all made on our own, on his own accord of us. Yes. Anyway, whatever. But, um, yeah, good good talk, man. I mean, it was, it was totally awesome. And uh, I do want to encourage you to tune in to a friend of mine's podcast. It is called the Rocky Pines Homestead. They also have a Facebook page. Rocky Pines Homestead. Okay, there. I said it. He's, he's got some good content. I actually really like it. And uh, he's doing it. Him and his uh, significant other. Uh, those two are, are doing it. And they, they know a heck of a lot more than I do, especially about the off-grid stuff. And, and you know, they, they deal with the day-to-day -day, uh, stuff that, uh, you know, off-grid homesteading is you know, in the south with all this heat and everything, too. Speaking of the heat, good God, you know what I mean? It's been pretty warm across most of the country. We got a couple days of it. Um, ours wasn't like triple digits or anything. It was the humidity that brought it. And when the crops are this big here, it, the humidity always gets, ways, gets way up there. 
it just is what it is. You know what? I mean, I chose to live here, I guess. Right? So, anyway, thank you for tuning in today, and God bless you, and, uh, yeah. Anyway, have a good one. <laughs>